Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hey, everyone. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. And you know David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. And you sound really funny today. Because <laughs> I have a bit of a cold. All right. Well, we won't hold it against you. Thank you. Okay, I'll get going now. <laughs> we sure are. And you know we love talking and learning about everything related to sex and sexuality, sexual health, and of course, sexual pleasure. We love diving deep into the naughty, the taboo, and the unknown. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because, well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. We sure do. So you probably hear some background noise because we are here at Hedonism 2 on the Grill Beach in Jamaica. We're sitting in the dining room. Everybody's having a recuperative breakfast from last night. Um, the weather is spectacular for those of you at home where it's snowing. <laughs> nani nani poo poo. <laughs> Um, but it's great, it's a full house here, there's 400 people, um, and Hito's just rocking. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, are you looking to explore your kinky side and learn more about anal play, spanking, and power exchange? Well, on today's show, we're going to go back to the basics with different ways to pleasure your partner using some tried and true tips and tricks from one of our favorite educators. But before we get going, and as we do on every show, we want to tell you about our top waterproof blanket because nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot and squirt is hot until it's not. And even if you're not a squirter and you're fed up with sleeping in that wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof and guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. It protects against messy massage oils, silicone lubes, and all other sexy wetness. And when you're done, you just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. And remember, great sex is messy sex, so keep your bed dry. And simply go to Amazon and search for Top Waterproof Blanket, that's T-O-P waterproof blanket and order yours today great sex starts now it sure does and so does today's show you know we're carol and david this is the sexy lifestyle and we are so excited to have a guest who we've been talking to and wanting to have on our show for years and finally we tied her down oh well might be tying her down might be tying or she's going to talk about how to get <laughs> tied down on today's show we have Luna Matadas, who's here with us today. Luna is a sex and pleasure educator from Toronto. Welcome, Luna. Yay. We're so excited to have you here today. I'm so excited to be chatting with you, especially about this topic. I uh, know, right? <laughs> this is your deal. This is your domain. This is where you rule, girl. <laughs> we were going to do the show a little earlier in the week, but we were a bit tied up. Uh, <laughs> this might come all, after, all, all afternoon. <laughs> Let's just keep it going here. So tell us a little bit how you got into sex education. Yes, yes. I actually come from a public health background. So a lot of like how to use a condom, how to navigate sexually transmitted infections. And I was teaching in Eastern and Southern Africa, in Canada, in the US. And no matter where I was, people wanted to know how to do the sex. And so I found there was this gap in pleasure. And so I started teaching workshops at our local sex positive feminist shop in Toronto. And the first workshop I taught was how to have a threesome. And it was packed. It's still one of my most popular classes, and people want those skills to be able to curiously explore. Absolutely, and you know, we safely, had, we had right? Justin Lee Miller from the Kinsey Institute mm -hmm. on our show um, probably two years ago, yeah. and he did a large um, survey mm -hmm. um, with four or five, I don't know how many thousand people about fantasies, mm -hmm. and the number one fantasy that came back was threesomes, and number two was group sex. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I believe it, I believe it. So when you were younger, were you like a promiscuous girl? Did you like sex at an early age? No, I liked, well, I liked sex with myself okay. at a very early age. Sure. <laughs> and then I was married for about 10 years monogamously. And up to that point, I'd had maybe just a few partners, but I always knew I was really sexual. And my relationship wasn't necessarily facilitating of that. So when I left, I had my years of sluttery and fuckery and thought, maybe I'm queer, maybe I'm kinky, maybe I'm this. Turns out I'm all the things. Yes, that's all good too. <laughs> 
don't have to choose, do you? I don't have to choose. No, no. no. I got to have the little tapas of everything. Yeah. And did you grow up in an open-minded household? Absolutely not. I went no. to Catholic school. Okay. <laughs> I learned that you know masturbation is bad, mm. that queerness is bad, all these kinds of things. And so it was almost a rebellion, mm. I think, against that, that there must be more out there. And today, is your family accepting of what you do for a living? Yes, yes. Okay. They don't know I teach things like cock and ball torture, but oh, you know really? they know that. Like, <laughs> they don't want to know. La, 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 yeah, la. they're like, ba, 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 ba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're they're pretty accepting, and they're happy that I'm doing something that's helping people. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And making yourself happy because you're yes. one of the happiest people I know. Oh, <laughs> I am really happy. Who's yeah. the happiest person you know? This one over here. Oh. He's definitely genuinely happy. I feel that. Yeah, I know. And it rubs off, right? So when you're around happy people, you feel better about yourself and you're just happy yourself as well. So today we're going to talk a lot about kink because that's one of your specialties. Yes. But I don't know if everybody really understands what is kink. Can you mm -hmm. give us maybe your definition of what you think kink is? Absolutely. I think kink is like this umbrella. And it's an umbrella of anything we think is sexually creative or outside of the norm of what people generally consider sex. I, so, I like the word you just used, creative. Yeah. Yes. Because a lot of people say sexually deviant. Yes, yes. Creative is side. much better. Yeah. Creative yes. is much better. Yes. I say creative because if you think sex is this thing and something outside of that feels creative or risque, that's kink for you. So anal is just sex for some people, anal is kinky for some people. So the definition really varies. And BDSM and fetishes fall under the umbrella of kink. So you could be kinky without doing BDSM. Right. So then now you said fetish. Let's explain what fetish is. Yeah. So fetishes are usually about taking something that's not necessarily sexual, so um, a particular piece of clothing like leather or latex or a body part that's not necessarily seen as sexual like feet and people have a, a, a strong arousal to that. So fetish comes from sort of a religious kind of connotation of imbuing certain powers or divinity in objects. And people who have fetishes are strongly turned on by them and they may actually even need them to get right. aroused. Right, exactly. So you don't really have a fetish for like nipples, like no. everyone likes nipples, they're considered sexual, but a fetish for feet or earlobes could be, could be so, a fetish. So we, just because, one day tried Carol tried giving me a foot job. Ooh. Okay? And I'm not a big foot person. Carol says, okay, we'll try it. We put a whole butt took out lube. I'll let you explain the rest. Yeah, well I, I we were sitting face to face and my feet were going up and down on his on his cock. But what what's the point here? What an ab workout it was. Oh the ab workout. <laughs> oh yeah, it was a lot of work. You're right. I leaned back on my elbows. Okay, now I know now that I know where you're getting going. <laughs> I leaned back on my elbows and I had my feet going up and down and yes, it was a lot of ab work. <laughs> it's like a little Pilates class yeah. for you there. And unfortunately, I kind of knew he wasn't going to come by me doing this because he's not really into feet. But I was surprised how you stayed hard the whole time. Mm, so okay. did, did you actually turn your brain off that oh, you're not being rubbed by feet? How did you no, stay hard? I was looking at your pussy that was oh, spread wide there open you go. <laughs> as hey. you had your legs in Okay, yeah. all right. But you see, you can make any situation interesting and sexual by using your brain yes because that's the biggest sex organ we have is our brain right absolutely absolutely and, and kinks and fetishes start up there right they do that's where all your erotic imagination is that's where everything starts and then juices flow yeah and now, nothing's wrong right any kink any fetish you have as long as you're not hurting someone or hurting yourself um do things, do it with your partner. We laugh all the time when we try different things. Yes. We have a book with 365 different sex positions. Oh, yeah. And some of them are like... Really? And can, <laughs> can, can you explain this to me? <laughs> we try it, we laugh, and we have fun, and um, that's what, you know, relationships and sex is all, is all about. And, and that's why today, you know, we could probably talk for hours with you about all the different permutations that you teach. Yes. But today we're sticking with kink, BDSM. And anal. We'll be going into anal as well. Face sitting. Oh, yes, that's part of it. It's part of it. Last time I sat on your face, you couldn't breathe. Hun, that's not sexy. Don't kill me. Well, you know, there She's is... She's not into breath play. Breath play, exactly. <laughs> that's another show yeah. all by itself. So, like we said, we're going to go back to the basics. Now we understand what is kinky. It's a little bit off-center, if you yes. want to call it that, not straight down the line. Yes. But what are the basic skills of kinky skills that everybody should know 
just so they can give it a little spice, you know, just to spice it up a little bit, not necessarily go into the dungeon, but what would you say, how, how can we begin yes. if we wanted to try new things? A lot of people are really attracted to the idea of power exchange, so an erotic exchange of you get to be in charge of something, I get to surrender, you get to lead, I get to follow, and they often take it to kind of a bigger production than it needs to be, so I would say start with something you already really like. So if you like giving head, you like going down, try changing the power dynamic in that situation so maybe turn over control of when you're allowed to orgasm maybe do a little bit of tease and denial see how it feels to let go or take control and that's a great way to start to embody that power in a consensual way and it doesn't feel like you have to come in and perform that I have to be a big bad dom or a little sub and it sounds to me like you can just have fun talking about it yes and planning the scene or the fun area that you're gonna do it in and, and starting that communication, which is the number one thing when absolutely play. Kink has made me a better communicator in all of my sex. So knowing how to manage even flow in a scene and be really pay attention to people's nonverbal signs as well as their verbal and ensure that we have a, a clear understanding of where does the scene start and where does it end. Because if I like being called a slut and a whore and you call me that at the grocery store when we're getting cantaloupe, I'm going to punch you in the neck. Right. <laughs> you know, we're right. not in the scene yeah okay yeah that makes sense it's so easy like you said to just go outside your comfort zone so i like sometimes when carol dominates yes and we don't need restraints we don't need blindfolds she just says lie there and don't move right how hot is that don't move don't move your hands don't touch my tits don't touch my body i am gonna do what i want to you and that in my mind is such a turn on and we don't we didn't spend thousands of dollars on anything right you don't need all the equipment and you gear. You need your imagination. Yeah. yeah, That's what I call beginner bondage. Keep your hands tied together and pretend they're tied and yes. not move them. Yes, yes, yeah. I love that, yeah. yes. And then if I move, she's like, okay, and I'm not touching your cock for 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, and, and it, it's, it's simple, kinky. But the fun thing is he doesn't ever move. He doesn't. He oh, does very exactly obedient. what he's told. Okay. I love that. All right. That makes me happy too. Does it make you feel like a good boy or like you're like... It's naughty. Naughty. Okay. Yeah. I like it's, that. It's Ooh. naughty. Normally Carol is not a dominating person. She likes following. Okay. She's a very independent, strong woman. But in, in the bed, she's more like, so what do you want to do? Okay. And this is like babe do what you want to do and I'm just gonna lie there yes and and, she, and she, she's a dirty talker and it, it definitely is a turn-on I love that I love that because people are interested in things for different reasons and so sometimes people see things in porn and their partner asks them about it and they're like I'm not into humiliation I'm not into degradation but it can come from any kind of intention you want I see the activities like bondage or impact play they're a vessel for your erotic energy. You want to be daddy, you want to be submissive, you can be a submissive person and do bondage on your partner. Yeah. It doesn't have to be kind of yeah. traditional porno sure. kind of thing. Yeah. Sure. And the fun thing too is like, for example, you don't even have to have a blindfold. As simple as a blindfold is, you can just tell your partner to keep your eyes closed. Yeah. And that seems a safe place to begin and that's kind of why I would, you know, we're, we're getting into that basic, basic, really basic. level. Yeah. But if you wanted to put a blindfold, you know that's also safe, it's easy to come off, yes. it's not stuck on or anything like that. But those are the kind of fun things. David's funny, sometimes he's so into it he can't even keep his eyes open. Never mind if you told him, keep your eyes open. He couldn't, right? He's so, so the into it, he closes his eyes and he's so into yeah, it. Tape your eyes open. <laughs> and there's temperature play, remember we put a whole bunch of things in the freezer. Uh-huh, mm, uh-huh, could do that as well. What did you put in the freezer? It was uh, a, chain. Plug, kind of chain. a chain. A chain, yeah. 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 yeah, and it was yeah. just like, with my eyes closed, I didn't know what she was doing. It was a little tantric, and she was put it on my back, and then all of a sudden she came with a hot cloth. Yeah, we did different things. Yeah, temperature plays good too, yes. I love that. For anybody that's having trouble getting out of their head and into their body, temperature play is the perfect thing, because it just wakes up your senses, and you can't be distracted about the laundry, or do we have mustard, you know, right. you're like actually in yeah. the moment. Yeah, so what other things can we do at home using household things? We don't have to go to the bondage store to come home. Not at all. everything we need. What else could we use from home? Yeah, you can go to your kitchen right now, and you can find a pervertible. So anything, if you're into spanking, or impact play, different materials, so for example, a wooden spoon versus a 
silicone spatula, they're yeah. gonna give different sensations for spanking. If you have, I actually didn't even know, you know the pastry brushes? Yeah. I didn't know that was a pastry brush. I oh. thought this was a sensation play tool. <laughs> <laughs> so you can use that with ice water or dipping it in some hot tea and creating sensation on somebody's body. If you've got things like neckties or um, silk, silk pantyhose even yeah. or yeah or scarves or things like that you can do that with some basic knowledge around knots and bondage and create a little bit of a, a 50 shades of gray kind of looking scene for yourself um, and then basic things like ice cubes you know bring in an ice cube to a hot area of the body so between the butt cheeks or between the vulva lips we've also experienced or experimented with an electric toothbrush Ooh. below at the perineum but the back side the of back it. Side. No, the back side of it, just Where rubbing it. She would rub it and it's like a vibrator on my cock and then she'd mm. suck my cock while the vibrator is going through and it's just a completely different sensation. I love that. I yeah. love that. Textures make a difference. So a hairbrush, a toothbrush, all those kinds of things are great. Yeah, Carol, you know, sometimes isn't a good listener though. So we brought out a couple of little um, uh, tools, so right? The leather thing is called the, the flogger. The crop. Oh, the crop? Okay. And then she had a little pinwheel. Ooh. And I'm not someone into pain. We, we, so. did, we did a course, a beginner course, and so we, were, we acquired them, we borrowed them, <laughs> and we were playing with these tools, is so what he's the, referring to. The crop was to. okay, and the flogger was okay. Then she took out the pinwheel, and she's like going up and down my chest, and I'm going, ow, that hurts. She goes, yeah, but I'm liking it. And she's going more, and her pussy's dripping all over me. <laughs> the more she does it, and the more I say stop, the more she's doing it, so she was not a good listener there. Well. But we didn't have a word where I was supposed to say, I really need you to stop. Yeah. No, I mean, you were being a little baby, a little panda baby. <laughs> so the pinwheel was not hurting you. He's just going, hang on. It was I'm not this sure big. Like this. It was like a half inch pinwheel. <laughs> the tiniest little baby panda here. <laughs> Poor David. Too cute. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't stop because I knew he was just being a little, a little baby. But no, and, and I would, of course, if that was what our agreement was, I would have stopped. And Absolutely. I probably should have. He, he calls me out on that because I probably should have stopped just the same, right? But at home, there's other things we can do to be kinky, like hanging from a door frame. Oh yeah, we right? like to Absolutely. do that. So Carol will say, I want you to put your arms up, hang from a door frame, and she uses her fingers and her mouth to touch different parts of my body and again I can't move I'm standing there we don't need a St. Andrew's cross I'm just there yeah, yeah. and he's holding on with his fingertips but and he's not allowed to let go obviously. I really like that yeah lots of people find shower stuff also yeah. kinky especially yeah. if they're interested in things like golden showers but they're worried about mess yeah. or even any kind of food play you can do them in the shower and take care of you know any kind of environmental mess that that you might create you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> So those are lots of kind of ideas that you're putting in other people's minds to get started and thinking of things. But let's talk a little bit about your experience here at Hedonism. Tell us about your first experience. Of course, this is uh, this week and how you got here and why you're here. Oh my gosh, I have been wanting to come to Hedonism forever. I've heard so many amazing things, including on the podcast. And uh, it was actually Ashley Manta, the canisexual, that said, you know, I'm going on this thing, we should do this thing together, and we're teaching a butt stuff class together. And already the vibe is so amazing. I think for lots of people who are either sex shy or kink shy, coming to a place like this might seem intimidating, but it actually is so non-judgmental, so welcoming, so body positive, that it, it feels safer than being out in the real world trying to do this thing on your own. There's definitely a community feel here. Would you, would you agree that the most intimidating part about coming to Hito is not knowing what to expect? Yes, yes. All the stuff you hear and read about at home, Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's so gentle when you get here. Yes. Because there's so many different things you can do and people don't realize you don't have to come here to fuck another couple. Absolutely. Over 50% of the guests here don't play. They don't engage in swapping or swinging. They're here for a nice erotic experience. And there's three girls here. So two uh, lesbian married couple and their girlfriend. Right. And they're not playing with the guys. They're not playing with anyone. They're but they could if time. they wanted, they but they don't have to. Right. You, you, the menu here is, is huge. But there's so many people who don't come to Hito because, just like you said, Luna, they're afraid. They're worried about what's going to happen. Am I going to walk in the front door and a guy is going to stick his cock in my mouth? Yes. And it's just, it's just not that, right? Yes. Yes. I thought I'd have to eat bacon while like somebody else was fucking at the table next to me or right. something like that. <laughs> and then I even, you know, I teach a lot of body confidence and body positivity stuff, but I also thought 
I was like, am I going to feel comfortable in an environment where nudity is, is everywhere and I'm going to be comparing my body to other people? And actually, that, that slipped real quickly for me. I felt super comfortable in my body. I'm actually happy I can have a place where my tits are out and I'm not wearing a bra and it feels so liberating. Absolutely. It is, and I And for the guys out there, you know, uh, we're here this week, there's over 400 people, 200 guys, and I mean, yesterday at the nude pool, there was, you know, 150 guys, and not one was walking around with an erection, so no, guys don't walk around with boners the whole time. Yeah, ready it, to put them anywhere they want. That's, right. not, that's not what's happening here. Right, you, you get an erection when you get turned on, when someone pays attention to you. Um, yes, there's lots of tits, lots of pussy, lots of ass, but that's not how your brain works because the nudity is normal. Yes, yes, it's not sexualized. It doesn't feel like there's any pressure. No. Yeah, actually. So now, when Carol started sucking me on the beach, I got hard. <laughs> well, of course, that's, that's normal. <laughs> and that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. So you're here now, and you came with, tell us who you came with. Oh, yes. I came with my service boy, Greg, who's also my photographer, okay. so he's wonderful. So we do sort of non-sexual kink, which means that we're not uh, sexual in the way that people would necessarily think of when they think of sex, but we have an erotic exchange of power. Okay. And how does that feel like what what yeah. is that yeah for me i feel like a goddess okay. i get to be served someone is taking care of my needs and it, what's really exciting about kink is because it's an exchange both people are getting what they want and it might be different so i'm not treating him how i want to be treated but i'm treating him how he wants to be treated so to see him come alive in his experience of feeling important and confident because he's useful and of service is amazing mm. and then i get to feel like oh i'm taken care of i feel supreme i get to play with power that might be dangerous outside of a consensual agreement. And very, very cool. If he has this need to masturbate, do you give him permission or do you watch him or is it something that turns you on? Yeah, so he will um, ask for permission or I might say beg for permission and uh, that that's erotically stimulating I think in his brain, but I wouldn't watch him. So I'd be like, go and do that, goddess is busy. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So you're here because you're giving workshops, yes. you're teaching pleasure and sex. And tell us about the first workshop you did. <sighs> My dream workshop, face-sitting skills, is so fun. I actually told Scott in April that I wanted to do face-sitting skills because I think no matter what size you are, Everyone is worried they're going to kill their partner. Right. <laughs> they're well, that's what David their was saying. He was sitting in my face, and I nearly, <laughs> nearly died. Really, that's not true. Or break However, your face or right, something, right? Right, you know? right, yeah, right. You're beautiful. You don't need your face broken. Yeah. So I wanted to empower people at any size to be able to do that, and also any gender. There's yeah. often the assumption, like, we don't hear a lot about, like, the man sitting on the woman's yeah. face, but that's a really erotic experience for people who want that. Sure. So I gave skills for positions and also tips like life hacks. If you've got bad knees, if you've got bad hips, I have a bad lower back, you know, we can still do the things, but give ourselves permission to modify. And that was really wonderful. People were really happy to see the demo, to also have skills to take away and play with. And so where, where did that take place? Oh, we were in the Kama Sutra Palace. Okay. So yeah. before we get into some of the specifics, yeah. I think when we get back, we need to develop a course about bald head sitting. Ooh. So um, this is David's know, fantasy. Ooh. First, you need to start by teaching the guys how to properly shave their heads so there's no stubble. Yes. Then you have to get women who um, know how to lube up the guy's head and then sit on it, especially squirters, and really grind onto the head until they squirt all over the guy's face so he can drink it all up. Ooh, I like that. Yes. Can you tell he's done it before? No, not at all. <laughs> Seems like a virgin. I don't know. <laughs> I love that. You know, another hack for stubble is you just put some silicone lube on your head. So it's the same thing as like chub rub between your yeah, thighs. Yeah. It nice. totally works. <laughs> Anyways, I think that's We're a good course. So give us the basics of face hitting yes. for, for a woman on a guy. Okay. So one of the biggest tips I have is to bend a pillow in half and put it under your partner's head who's on the bottom. So the dude on the bottom. And so his head raises up a little bit higher so you don't have to splay your knees as much to get down. So it increases stamina, stability, you have more balance. 
Another thing is, you know, if you're like me and have a memory foam mattress, you're sinking into that mattress. Right. <laughs> so even move it to the floor and so that you have a wall to balance so that you're not sitting the entire, you're not actually sitting on someone's face. Yeah. You're kind of squatting, yeah. you're moving, there's breaks in between. I taught um, grind the coffee, you know, which is you're sort right. of like swirling your hips around someone's face. And the next biggest tip I gave was about using different parts of your face. If you just stick your tongue out, your tongue's gonna get tired. Use yeah. your nose, use your head, use your chin. Yeah. These are all different textures that can yeah. give stimulation to the vulva. And it's really the girl who controls her own pleasure, right? Yes. And, and yes. she can be guiding as well. More tongue, less tongue. Yes. She can be guiding as well. Could she yes. also bend over and suck the cock? Absolutely. Then you're Depending in 69. Which, yeah. Which, yeah. Fa which, which, which direction? Direction you're super facing. Flexible. <laughs> Or, or is it for her to just sit up there and enjoy the pleasure all by herself? I think most people um, find that face sitting is about a, a little bit of a selfish position or you could be doing it in a way that is serving your partner. Like sit on my face, I want all of you, I want more of you, do this thing for me. When we move into 69, some people find that it's a little bit distracting. Me too, yeah I do. Yeah, yeah. you do? Okay, yeah. Like yeah. I try to get Carol to sit on my face but facing away. So okay. Facing towards the headboard, my head's on the pillow, she's facing away. Okay. So the focus is me on her pussy. Okay. And her just like... And we used to have a headboard where I really could grab on and even like, you know, pound his yeah. face a little bit. But okay. now our new headboard, I can't. So oh. it's like... <laughs> I got nothing to hang on to, but, it's bigger. But her issue also is she's not seeing anything going along and now her brain is wandering yeah. to other things. Yes. Well, for some people, I guess that's good. You refocus. For me, though, I prefer not to be staring at a wall. Okay, it's okay. We need a thing. mirror for you back yes, there. Yes, there you yeah. go. That, okay. that would be better. I would have more to look at, more whatever. But um, I prefer to sit on his face the other way. Okay. And even if I feel like going down and sucking his cock, I could. Okay. Or not. Okay. So it doesn't have to be 69, but and uh, but I, at least I have the option even just to play with his cock a little yes. bit if I can. Yeah, yeah. I like that because especially yeah. if you're grinding on someone and touching their cock, if you grind in a certain way and you see them get more erect, it's yeah. really affirming for you yeah. that you're doing something yeah. too. And, and I don't feel alone. Stick with my head against the yeah. the wall. And what about the woman while she's sitting on the guy? Now she's playing with her clit and you know getting herself off. Is is that you know, proper etiquette? Absolutely, absolutely. Because what you said too, like the visual of seeing someone. So if someone was sitting on my face and also touching their clit or using a toy, I have the best view in the whole house. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah. You, you don't have to do face sitting consistently for the whole period. Right. And do you two have like a communication to, to tap out or pinch out if, if you're suffering? Oh, uh, we just say we're done. Okay, I'm done. yes, yes. <laughs> we don't have any special words. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm good, I'm good, hon, I'm done. Yeah, I want yes. you to fuck me hard. <laughs> yeah. Yes, okay, beautiful. Yeah. 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 Let's, let's switch it around. Yeah. And now... Um, the guy. The guy. Yes. So um, balls are sometimes a problem because they might suffocate around the nose. And so just making sure that you're, you're being a little bit mindful of where you place your position on your partner's face. Because whereas the vulva, it's more of a, we can kind of slide back and forth, balls might get trapped in a certain area. So uh, what I recommend is also having your arms underneath someone's thighs instead of around their thighs. So sometimes I just kind of move the balls a little bit to where I want them yeah. and have them a little bit better. I also like to eat ass and so having someone with their head facing my feet is a little bit easier to, to get into the, the butthole right. area. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Are you ass eaters? No, I, so we much? don't really do a lot of anal play. Okay. He likes right. anal play, but it's not my favorite thing, so okay. I kind of outsource that when we're here at Hito. Nice. <laughs> we get people to do that for me. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> it's all good, I know it is. And what about guys who have really long cocks? Yes, so I actually think that the position for a really long cock is probably with head to head, feet to feet. So the cock can kind of lie on someone's face and then you can move it down if you want to put it in their mouth. And the squat position might work better than, than a sitting with your knees on the, the bed or the floor. And also when you start off sucking cock and it's in your mouth and it's still small, you have to readjust as it mm. grows, as it gets bigger or fatter, and so that you're not like strangling yourself and or. And that's why yes. your idea about putting your hands like on his butt cheeks is you get to control how low he goes, right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And the angle. So sometimes I gotta like I gotta move my head in another in a weird way to get the right angle. Yes. And then I find it. Then you yes. gotta find the right angle. And yeah. then every and once in a while it comes out of her ear. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I get hard, I get long. Right, babe. Yeah. Really. Long. Everyone knows you have an AWC. <laughs> AWC. Average white cock. 
<laughs> I've never heard that before. I like right. that. I coined that phrase. Did you? Trademark. We gotta make you some t-shirts. <laughs> so I don't know if you've done your power exchange um, class yet. yet. And you have your talk tomorrow. I think you're doing a keynote speak on yes. that. What are the main points of power exchange that people should know and understand? Yeah, I talk a lot about how there's already power dynamics that exist in your relationship. So someone might take the lead on something, someone might be in charge of something else or like having someone else take the lead. So I want to help people understand that playing with power in an erotic way actually expands your experience with it. So you might discover something else that turns you on that you didn't know. If there's another way to be turned on, I want to know. Right. <laughs> and so yeah. power is a great way to explore that. I think for couples it improves communication because it, it really you can't do kink without good communication otherwise it's not emotionally or physically safe. And so having these talks about why are you into this? Why why does this turn you on? Not just, okay, own me or boss me around. It, that's a little bit too surface to experience the, the eroticism around it. So I think it helps couples talk about their fantasies, their role plays. They get to embody maybe even an alter ego and see another side of their partner. Mm -hmm. And it, you don't have to switch, right? I mean, if you like to be a dominant, it doesn't mean you have to take turns no. and be a sub. If you don't like being a sub, you don't have to be a sub. No, absolutely. I'm greedy, so I like everything. Okay. <laughs> I don't but like yes. to be a sub. I don't want to be tied up, and I don't want him telling me what to do, but I like telling him what to do. Yes, that's yes. My, that's my life in general. <laughs> <laughs> Poor David. Life is hard when you're David. It's so rough. <laughs> yes, it's my birthday week. I know, honey. <laughs> it's my birthday week, too. Oh, yay. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Now, we talked a little bit about getting a... Um, a silicone spatula or a wooden yes. spoon, mm -hmm. but spanking isn't just an easy thing to do. You have to kind of do it right. Yes. Tell us a little bit about what we got to be careful of so okay. we don't hurt our partner. Yes, I'm going to give you my top tips for spanking. So the most important technique that I teach is the concept of warming. So you have to warm up the area. We can't come in at an impact level 10 as your first spank onto someone's bottom. It doesn't work with the physiology of the body. The body needs the brain to kind of settle in. We need a to be flowing and if you think about when you first start to get a massage you know it's feeling good but as it gets deeper your body relaxes there's more endorphins and those endorphins are what changes the pain into pleasure so we want to work with the body so warming means that we're gonna kind of do the same spot over and over again so precision is really important until the area starts to maybe get red or the person feels a little bit sensitive and we can take them up to a level two as the spanker can we tell when that's happening Sometimes we might be we might know our partner's body really well and so we can see them kind of maybe wiggle or squirm or they're making certain noises. What I like to do is to ask them on a level of one to five, one being the lowest, five being the highest. I'll be like, where are you, babe? Like, show me either fingers or verbally. Tell me what number you're at. So then I can adjust. For the warming. And we For call the, this warming. the warming. Yes, okay. absolutely. Right. And the number scale is also a great thing to continue with because some people like spanking because it's playful mm. or they have a great butt. Mm. Other people like it because they want pain. Mm -hmm. They want to feel like something very intense. Mm -hmm. And if you give someone something intense that actually just wanted a more playful spanking, it's not going to feel fun. It'll right. feel like actual pain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then... How do you, what's the progression? Yeah, I was going to say, and then once you're at that warm enough level, how do you move up without hurting them? Yes, so what we're going to do is play with things like speed and pressure and even direction. So you might switch to cheek to cheek and alternating cheeks with a spank to distribute the sensation across the body. We might take a little break. What I like to do is once the bum feels sort of warm, I want to rub it and kiss it, and maybe put an ice cube on it, and then continue. So anything that you're doing that's adding to sensation, is going to add to the sensation of that spanking. So you don't necessarily have to go harder. You could use pauses, you could use bum kisses, and that will still make it feel more intense. Now, how, what position are we in while we're doing this? Yeah, uh, lots of people find over the knee really sexy, but it's a hard position for the person doing the spanking because there's not a lot of balance uh, in the body. Okay. So I like bending someone over a bed or a couch handle or a counter so their body is supported. You can even put pillows underneath their tummy and have them support it. With the butt up in the air. Butt up in the air, side yeah. Of, side of a bed. Side of a bed, perfect, yeah. If they want to watch themselves, put a mirror, a chair in front of the mirror and spank them over the chair. Now, in general, this should last, is it five minutes, ten minutes? Like, what's too much? 
Yeah, it depends on the person, but I would say to, to get a sensation, at least 15 minutes. Oh. And that's not a cold body. Like maybe we made out before, or we were flirting or something. So there is some kind of warmth already. And then I, some people like a spanking of like 30 minutes or longer if you're doing things like flogging. So flogging is using floggers. Um, that's gonna be maybe even a little bit longer. Is it slightly different, flogging and spanking? A little like bit. the techniques are different? A little bit. Floggers, you, you do have the ability to cause more injury. So oh. there is a potential for more injury. So it's a li you're a little bit higher risk okay. in that activity. And there's so many different kinds of floggers. So if there's rubber or suede, it, it changes the impact from either stingy uh. to like thuddy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, I'm not into pain. But I'm rock hard. Right I was now. I was I was about to ask. Normally, I brought my floggers. <laughs> normally, would this cause an erection? And and David's just telling me, thinking about it is obviously causing him an erection. But is it? Is it's right here. <laughs> yes, we can see your erection, baby. Beautiful, beautiful, too, nice David. big cock. <laughs> you want me to touch it? Of course you do. <laughs> Give it a little spank. <laughs> So is the purpose to get aroused and have an erection and then have sex after, is that really what the purpose of spanking is? Yeah, some people like it as a, a foreplay activity because it gets them into a headspace and a physical shift in their body. Other people like it just as that activity. So you could set up a date night where you're like, babe, let's go get a bunch of things from the kitchen drawer and just see what we like and approach it from a more playful, curious perspective yeah. versus like we have to get off. Yeah. I really like the idea is it's like giving attention to, it's like worshiping his butt. And yes. not his butthole, because I don't like anal play, but uh, as much, you know, as, as other things. But spanking your butt, and he's got such a cute butt, would you like to do that for like 15 minutes? Is that something you might? I would try it. Yeah. Because I think it's kind of like giving all the attention to him. And yes. And it's like loving on so him. And to show you how to do it? Maybe. Maybe we can totally do that. We should just go to the spanking workshop. We could do that. You could be my volunteers. Volunteer, I'm, I'm uh, I'm one. Yeah. No, that's all good. But you know what? What's up? The segue into the next question was perfect. What's that? So how do you bring it up to your partner? That's something you want to try. If, if you know, we have good communication. Carol just very nicely said, "Hey, do you want to try something like that?" Um, the majority of couples out there who are in monogamous, vanilla relationships. They don't normally know how to talk to each other about sex, so how would a, a couple bring this up to their partner? Yeah, you're so right to make that distinction around you two have really great open, practiced communication, and everyone can get there. But lots of people kind of come in with their fantasies from a, an obligation or sort of a demand perspective, and it's just awkwardness. So if I'm gonna come home and be like, babe, can you spank me? And we've never talked about this, it's intimidating for my partner. They may not have the skill, they may not know, they may think, why does she want me to hurt her? Yeah. I don't want to yeah. hurt her. So instead, talk about the story of your fantasy. So I want to be spanked, and I was, or I was thinking about being spanked because I think it might make me feel kind of helpless. Or like you said, like I just love your butt and I want yeah. to worship your butt. Yeah. So something around the intention, not just the activity. Yeah. And be prepared that your partner may need time to kind of explore on their own. They need to see, okay, do I have a turn on for this? They may need to get some skills. They might be more turned on by the tools. So it opens up a conversation that even if you don't do the spanking, you might do something else. Oh, so it's because of my butt. Well, do you want to give me a booty massage? Or can I model for you? Can I wiggle for you? Any communication is going to deepen your erotic connection. Now, vanilla couples today are very, very lucky because of the openness and the uncensored stuff we see on media, mm. right? Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, you know, it's not the movie you want to use to learn about kink and BDSM, but it's a great movie to open up the discussion about could we, would we, should we. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and it has. It has. The world of sex toys has exploded. People talking about alternative lifestyles has gone through the roof. And then you have great shows on Netflix like yes. Sex Life and Sex Education. Yeah. All those great shows that we have to make it easier for us to start the dialogue. And, um, you know, if your partner brings up something that maybe you haven't thought about, you know, we always say, don't say no, right? Have that, well, you know, maybe not right now, but can we discuss it like you said at another point? Or, you know, babe, I'd love you to spank me. Instead of saying no, well, 
you know, how about if we try this instead? Yes. Right? Um, those hard no's really hurt relationships. Yes. Well, they can, yes. as long as, you know, and also, don't take it personally, get the dialogue going, because it's so easy to say no, and then you can't chastise your partner when the no automatically comes out, but soften it as much as you can, and, and continue talking about why is it such a hard no? Yes. And, and why is it important for you that you don't want it to be a hard no, and yes. what makes it interesting? And, yes. And, you know, you brought up at the beginning of the show, and we can do a whole show on threesomes another time, but threesomes are a great example, and um, when we had Justin Lee Miller on the show, um, he was talking about threesomes, and um, if you ever watch uh, Two and a Half Men, oh, yeah. they had a great scene in there where, um, you know, uh, Alan wants to have a threesome and Lindsay is like, hell yeah, and it's like, so which guy do you want to do it with, right? <laughs> and, you know, guys are always like, I want to have a threesome with you and your best friend, and it's two girls and a guy, but, you know, a woman might say, well, you know, I'm not into women, I'd like to have a threesome with another guy, and that's the conversation, well, we'll do one with girls and one with guys, and that's the proper way to explore that situation and saying, hell no, I don't want to be with another woman. Yes, yes. I meet a lot of people that feel obligated to serve their partner's fantasy, and that just breeds resentment. Mm -hmm. So it's better to say, you know, I feel uncomfortable or unsafe. That's a different conversation yeah. than, I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't even know why this turns you on. Why, yeah, why yeah. do you want to do this thing? And that's already yucking his yum or her yum, and yes. that's not good. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Always, it's just breeding always more shame. be respectful to other people's opinions, even if you don't share the same opinion, which yes. is fine. Let's take a break. But yeah, we're having an amazing discussion. I'm loving this. We're right here at Hedonism 2 in Jamaica. We've got Luna Matadas with her. She's with us. She's a sex and pleasure educator. Um, coming up next is our favorite segment, Great Sex Matters, so don't go away. But right now we're going to tell everybody about Topless Travel and the amazing trips that we have planned for this year. Absolutely, and you know, Topless Travel offers the sexiest and most erotic vacation experiences from Hito 2 in Jamaica, Desire in Cancun, and of course, all the Bliss Cruise adventures. Topless Travel needs to be your number one choice. Yeah, and their trips are all about pushing boundaries and exploring your naughty side. And their exclusive sexy host couples like uh, Jessica and Justin and Party Mark, they're always there to ensure that you have one hell of a sexy vacation. Yep, and you'll find us on lots of the topless travel trips. Um, the one that we're coming up next to is going to be a naughty newbies trip. We're going to be back here at Hedonism uh, April 6th to 14th, 2024. And as always, you're going to find us on both Bliss Cruise Adventures. There's one in April, one in November. Um, and for all your information about those trips, you can go to toplesstravel.com and book your sexiest vacation ever. And a quick reminder that if you are looking for an open-minded online community to find compatible people and events in your area, you can always go to sdc.com and use promo code 30314 for your first month free. That's sdc.com and promo code 30314. Absolutely. All right, let's get back to Luna. You know we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. And now it's time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Well, great sex matters. And we all deserve it. So now we're going to move on to the basics of anal play. And I did mention that I'm not into anal play. It doesn't mean I don't do it. Mm. I have to just be in the right mood, in the right time. Champagne. Yes. And because David enjoys it, so I don't want to be harsh and never give it to him. But if someone wants to outsource it while I'm here at Hedo, that's okay too. <laughs> However, uh, we do talk about anal play and I know he enjoys it. So let's first think about and when and when carol says i enjoy it it's not just doing it to her it's being done to me as well yeah, yeah. and we're going to talk about pegging in a bit yeah mm, yay so personally do you like anal play i like receiving and giving okay yes Good. i first had started to receive and then i thought huh you know the p spot is the, the magic button in men's bodies and that's internal to to the butt so i really loved playing with other people's butts and then i started playing with women's butts and i learned about ass eating so i really like a lot of aspects including toys for receiving or giving anal play now why do you think anal play is so taboo I think it's because we know our buttholes have this day job you know they've got a shitty pun intended day job. <laughs> I love it <laughs> right? and so we think of hygiene and yeah. it seems like okay we've all learned you know wash your hands keep this is private right. it's not something we do but the reality is is everybody has a butthole yeah. and it is an erogenous area so if you want to engage it you could it's not for everyone but it does have it's built for pleasure as well as function so it's got tons of nerve endings around the opening and people often think about anal play as penetrative you can play with the butt and never go inside the yeah. butt. that's also yeah. something you can you can try
try with your partners. Which we call rimming, right? Yes. yes. Rimming. And you can do that with your tongue or your finger. Yes, you or... can hold a vibrator against yeah. that butthole. Yeah. You can actually stimulate the prostate externally through the perineum, uh -huh. so that, that spot between the butthole and the genitals. Right, right, right. Now, um, to get started, I know not everybody knows how to play with a butthole. What, what would you suggest to be the first thing? I love a good butthole massage. I like getting one, I like giving one. So I use this technique called praying to the crack. And so you lube up your hands and you put them in a prayer position and rub them in between against someone's butthole. Oh, yeah. so as soon as someone who's new to anal play, if they feel you might be penetrating them, their body starts to, to clench up. The yeah. pelvic floor clenches up, they're not they forget to breathe. But you know, your your hands put together are not accidentally gonna fall into their no. hole. So it's a little bit uh, safer yeah, of a mentality. That. They can just enjoy the sensation yeah. without worrying, okay, are they gonna put it in yet? Are they gonna put it in yet? Yeah. I think the biggest mistake is that people get to penetration too quickly. Okay. Anal sex is for most people not a spontaneous thing. Uh, it really is about warming. Yes. yes. It's yeah. Well, but that's what we did when we did uh, Jaylene uh, Bennett. Yes. Where it was an hour of just warming me up and getting me... A lot of sensation play. Yes. Relaxed. Yeah. Sensation play and then a small finger and then a bit of lube and then two fingers. Those are two fingers and we did this kind of motion and Ooh. you know and at times you didn't even know was I in, was I out, was I on the top, that's underneath. Ideal. So it was very relaxed and open. And it was non-invasive. It was more erotic. Ooh, beautiful. Yeah. How did that yeah. feel? Awesome. Yeah. I love butt play. Yeah, yeah, he does. Definitely does. And for we, me, we it's met, not... I know you work with B-Vibe, and we know Alicia yeah. Sinclair very, very well. Love we Alicia. met her when we first yeah. started our podcast way back, and we did our probably our second or third show all about butt play with her, yeah. and she told us about her experiences, and shout out to Alicia for bringing yes. butt play into more of a normal, everyday yeah. couple's um, Exercise, yeah. Exercise, and she makes probably the best toys out there. Yes. From beginner to extreme, uh, for all ages, groups, people, demographics that yeah. you can find out there. Yeah. Love their toys. So yeah. good. And yes. she's gorgeous. Oh yeah. <laughs> Such a lovely human. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I love the fact that she went straight into the educational side right. of yes. uh, butt play yes. as to make sure that she was like really taken seriously to make sure that the products are good. And of course, the first thing she taught us when we when we met her was about you never put anything in your anus that doesn't have a stopper on it. Yes. So go ahead and reiterate that. Without a base, without a trace. So uh, <laughs> yeah. if it doesn't have a flared base, or it's not like the vagina where the vagina has a natural end where the cervix is. So we do see, if you Google on YouTube, you know, the top things that emergency room had to remove from butts in uh -huh. 2023, you will see all kinds of things. Uh -huh. Shampoo bottles, hairbrushes. Oh, yeah. So it is really easy to get something sort of sucked up yeah. into, into the anus. So we need a base on all of our toys. Well, this past Christmas, my my son's girlfriend, who works in an emergency room, she's a nurse in an emergency room, she had on her phone, magic wand right up in there. It was a, a cordless, cordless magic wand <laughs> in the x-ray. Oh my that, goodness. That's what we looked at on Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah, it does happen. It's a real thing. <laughs> Let's start a little bit about lube. Yes, okay, so the anus isn't self-lubricating for sex in the same way that the vagina is. There is some lubrication that helps bowel movements move out, but it's not triggered during arousal. So the tissue within the anus is also very thin, and you do not want to break that tissue. Fissures are so painful, they take a long time to heal. So we want to, if you think you don't, if you think you have enough lube, add more. And we want a good quality, long-lasting lube. So for most anal play, I suggest silicone lube because it doesn't absorb into the body as quickly as water base. If you are using a water base, you can use something that's thicker, more jelly-like, like the stuff that you kind of have at the, when you get a pelvic exam or yeah. things like that, really and good. It. Just, and keep yes. applying it. Yeah. Oil is fine too, if you like coconut oil or you like a, a butter kind of, uh, not actual butter, but like, although I'm sure that's been used. Um, but anything that's really thick and slick. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, we didn't start by talking about cleaning out the area. Is that a common thing that people do before they start anal play? Yeah, I think people are on the extremes. So okay. we find some people have like a shower douche attachment, you know, permanently in their, their bathroom. Um, most people are using little enema bulbs that you can find at the drugstore. I call it the butt aisle, but I, it's just where all the um, like laxatives and yes. stuff are. You can find it there. 
It's not actually mandatory. I think people, I do it for more confidence. But if someone, you know, there's a little bit of poop in, in our anal play, it's a butt. Like, yeah. what, do we, what do we kind of expect? So yeah. I always tell my partners, you know what, you don't worry about your butt. I will tell you if you need to freshen up, okay. that's all. And so giving the bottom a, a peace of mind. But you could just have a shower after your last bowel movement. And if you are hydrated and have a lot of fiber in your diet, there's probably not gonna be a lot of particles in right. your rectum. Yeah. People think that the poop is lower down than it actually is, yeah. but we're not going into the colon where the poop actually lives. Right. And what is that first area called where... Yeah, that's the rectum. The so it's rectum. like four or okay. six inches. Okay, yeah. so you stick in there. Yeah. You're not going too far in, especially if you're using hands and fingers and stuff. Exactly, you, yes. No one's 12-inch penis is going to touch no. the next bowel movement. Right, you know? right, exactly. <laughs> and if it did, then you get your chocolate lollipop. Exactly. No biggie. <laughs> it's exactly. not a biggie. It happens. And, and we know that the anus on a woman is the same as an anus on a man yes so it's pegging we're going to talk about you know now every guy out there wants to fuck their wife up the butt but what if the wife wants to fuck the guy up the butt is there a different way to do it or is it the same thing yeah it's very similar in terms of prep um, but with the with a man's body we've got access to the prostate so the prostate is about an inch into the body and it's located kind of behind the penis so with pegging we are getting sort of a, a grazing against it but with different angles if we're visualizing okay I want to rub against their prostate we can we can stimulate it directly and intentionally you may have a prostate orgasm from that you may just feel kind of good around it I think the thing with pegging is that a lot of men want the fantasy, but they have an internal kind of shame around it. They think yeah. that it says something about their sexuality. Yeah. But like you said, David, there's, there's, it's the great gender equalizer. Like we all have an asshole. Right. <laughs> you know, so it really does. And it doesn't mean you're gay if you no. want something up your anus. And it not all gay mean... men have anal. Right. Like, yeah. It makes it makes no sense that logic because if you're in a monogamous relationship. Yes. And you're fucking your wife up the ass. Yes. It doesn't make her anything but your partner. If she turns around and puts a strap on on you in a monogamous relationship and does the guy up the ass, it doesn't make you anything but her partner. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It doesn't make you gay. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, yeah. and I mean, we could do a whole show about. And nothing being wrong with gay, just no. some guys don't. If they're not gay, they don't want to be, people think they're gay. Yes. But the stigma around that has to go soon too, you know? It really does. You're missing out on all this pleasure. I'll tell you, if I was able to suck my own cock, life would be great. Never see you again. That's right. There goes David. (laughs) Off to suck his cock. I wouldn't be That useless (laughs) cocksucker. I try. I show Carol. I get closer every year. Oh, okay. Yeah, like he's like six inches, I mean, (laughs) ten inches away for sure. You're like, this is the only reason I do yoga? (laughs) Yeah. Now, let's talk about something really important. Yeah. About if you put a cock in the ass, you don't go directly to a pussy, right? Oh, yes, yes. So the anus has different bacteria. It's got its own ecosystem. So butt stuff in the butt. So if you want to go ass to pussy, you do pussy first and then go to anus or you use a condom and you switch out so that the, you're keeping the bacteria where it needs to be. Or you shower up and just start again. Or you again. shower, yeah. And also being mindful not just with cocks but with fingers or even your mouth. Yes. We want to make sure we don't yes. keep anything And, and I mixed. know we see it in porn. You see ass to mouth, right? Yes. To go from ass to a woman gives them a blowjob. Not the smartest thing to do. Yes, yes. For your own body, so if I were to give you a blowjob and then you were to go in my butt and then come back, it's my own bacteria, so it might be, it's not as risky as if it was someone else's bacteria. Okay. okay. But some people do yeah. get gastrointestinal yes. kind of stuff from it. Yeah. You might have, if you have an upset tummy, you know, if it was a Taco Bell day, you know, that's not the day for butt stuff. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Exactly. Now, we talked a little bit about rimming and tongue around the anus, I mean, and that's a really good place to start, if you ask me. After your prayer, what like what would you say would be the next step? I think rimming. Okay. I, I really think like having that wet, kind of soft, and now the butthole is so engorged. So those cute little crinkles around the anus, they get filled up with blood flow. So a tongue on that feels super great. You don't have to put your tongue inside. You can do sort of a lapping motion. I like using my chin, because okay. it's kind of firm and squishy, and it feels 
almost like you're pressing against the muscles, but without actually going inside the butt. Now, as I said before, he's getting turned on, right? So you're doing this, he's getting turned on. He probably has an erection at yeah. this point. Yeah. And then you could be stroking his cock at the same time and yes. holding from the base down. Absolutely. That's a great move for prostate pleasure because you're pushing everything closer together. So the cock, the hand coming down with the hand job and the tongue pushing in. I've had the most amazing orgasms from someone rimming me. It mm. felt like they were licking the back of my clit mm. through my butt. Wow. So That's depending cool. on, you know, having an aroused body uh -huh. is a great place to start with anal play because uh -huh. you've already got all that blood flow, you're in a floaty headspace, you're breathing. Yeah, and I can imagine that because David usually gets me off by putting his fingers inside and rubbing my clit from inside right. while he's got his mouth on my clit from the outside, pushing the pressure there. Exactly. He knows exactly to find that right pressure, so I can kind of get what you're talking about. That's very cool. Yes. Very cool. Now, is there a progression of anal plane that we need to take steps? We start with baby steps, we start with maybe a baby finger. I've seen huge things go into assholes. Yes. Big butt plugs. Yes. How do we get there? So the anus does start to get looser during play, but it doesn't mean you're gonna need diapers if you do <laughs> anal play once, you know, it's okay, it goes back, it's a muscle. But those initial sphincters, they take a little bit of a while to start to learn to open up and get accustomed to penetration. So if you're a big butt slut- On demand, more or less. On demand, right? exactly, yes. exactly. Yes. Your body would be like, this is safe, it doesn't hurt. If you, I had painful anal experiences before I learned about anal, and so then my body would tense up every time mm. someone was coming next to me. Or folks will, uh, try to go in the anus with their cock, but then they get frustrated and so the cock goes a little bit soft So it's like pushing rope right trying to in right. something and then that hurts Yeah, so we if you do want to go bigger This is a progressive thing you need to do some anal training on your own So play with your own ass use your own toys I designed a, a pegging dildo and an anal training dildo so that people could play and prepare But then still use it with their partner. So they're accustomed to that size Okay, so yeah, we're getting cool. to the end I'm gonna of the send show. you one. I'll send you a bubble. I would like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay, sure so we're getting to the end, and before we ask you for some final advice, yeah. I just wanted to talk about when you're in the mode to have insertion, things put into your butt, anal play, how important breathing through it is. Yes, absolutely. I love that you brought that up because I'm definitely someone that holds my breath. And so I remind myself, but I also remind my partners when we breathe, we open things up and relax all the muscles that need to be open for penetration. If you feel any pain, any force, it's not the time. It's just not, maybe, you know, your head's in the mood, but your butt's not in the mood. Yeah. So breathing can help with that. Yeah. Also breathing and giving the person who's receiving the control. So having them bump up against it, or you, they're the ones doing the, the sliding down on the dildo or the penis or the fingers, that gives them a little bit more opportunity to tune into their breath and what their body's doing versus just like receiving someone else's pace. Right, right, no, that sounds good. And then they can just go, what, and they might not know what their pace is until they do it, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, when you get, and when you get to the anus, there's, there's, you, know, you get through it and then it accepts it, right? That there's there's like a head, the yeah. reverse head in the anus. Well, there's like a channel for right. just two two yes. sphincters, two little right. sphincters. And yes. once once you relax, and the first part gets in, all of a sudden the second and third pieces go in much easier. Much better, much more pleasure too. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You're still outsourcing? Uh, for now, yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get to final so advice. So, if we were to ask you what your opinion would be as to what are the top two things that people should do before they start exploring a kinky lifestyle. Yes, I think get some erotic inspiration. That's my first one. So if you've been watching porn, put the porn down and go to erotica. Erotica stimulates a different part of our brain. You're gonna get more visuals, that story, that intention. I like this vibe versus this vibe. Have the communication with your partner. The second thing is if you're doing something like spanking or flogging, which requires technique, Take a class. Yeah. You'll feel more confident that I'm not going to hurt my partner or I know what to do if something's gone wrong. Right. Sex is a, a skill. Couple, yeah. Absolutely. And the more you practice, the better you get. I wasn't good at femtoming. When I first started, it was awkward. Yeah. I had a clipboard yeah. of things I wanted to do. You know, I wasn't in flow. And it just took time. And talk about it. Of course, we always All say, the communication. Talk, 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 yes. talk, talk. 
Yeah. Alrighty. Wow. wow, we can keep going and going. We only have an hour. Luna Matadas, thank you so much for sharing all your great information. Tell everybody quickly where they can reach you, your website, and um, ask you questions. Yeah, I'm at lunamatadas.com or you can find me on Instagram at, at lunamatadas. You can find my 30 on-demand classes. You can watch anytime. You can be anywhere and watch a class. I um, mean, you can find ways to connect with me there too for coaching or to learn about bubbles. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was so lovely. Our pleasure, our pleasure. And of course, if you missed any of this information, you can just go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where every one of our guests has their own guest page with all of their information. You can even contact them there if you have any questions about their work. And as we did today, we're learning more and more every week from all our great guests. We hope you do too. If you have any questions at all, you can always send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. Alrighty, the end of another great show with an awesome guest, Luna Matadas. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. And as we do every week, we want to thank all our listeners for being here week in and week out. And join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, where we talk about sex, sexuality, and sexual health and pleasure, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Well, that's it for our show today. Carol and I and Luna send you lots of love and great sex. Please stay safe. And of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new. Spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever.